Okay, so we start off with the half a milsa b'dichusa. Two items before we go back to our million-dollar question or more. So Shimmy uh, sent in just to clarify. It wasn't a kasha on tzaddik, but uh, I wasn't imagining things either. What's the chiluk between a shoemaker and a cobbler? So there's a huge chiluk, and this is all for the covet of the shusters in the room and the like. Um, he told me, ironically, that was your mother's family. They happened to own sh- two shoe stores in Germany, but they weren't, the name wasn't Schuster. Okay, so shows you how a few things they could do, and that was in Germany. Shoemakers are the skilled artisans who made shoes, and cobblers were the shoe repairmen. It's a grave insult to call a shoemaker a cobbler. In fact, the Oxford English Dictionary gives a secondary definition of a cobbler as a person who works clumsily. So it's a general insult as well. So it, the words words make a difference. I, I'm glad you sent that because uh, I it sounded like one of those uh, trades that were around in the ancient world, and apparently it was. But the um, the word cobbler, if you would confuse the schuster with the cobbler, he'd get highly insulted. <laughs> so thought that was interesting. But the main point last night was Chazal's insight into having the DNA and the talents for your father's and grandfather's trade. I do think that the parents who want them to go into it, if you do that today, you're probably almost guaranteeing if you ask them to become a dentist, he'll have to become a doctor or a lawyer because people like to do their own thing. That's fine. Chazal would suggest that if all things are equal, you do look into that, meaning what's in the DNA. But with the um, hundreds and hundreds of uh, possibilities, it's is generally not done. So that needs further Ian, but that's a good uh, sugir for our Shavuos night uh, issues with the Panasa and the, uh, if your father is in Kailul, you can go into Kailul. That's certainly not a <laughs> stira. <laughs> so, we'll off on that fine note. So that was the Milsev Dechusa. Naftali Gwartz, you're uh, here somewhere at my table? There you are. Okay, so I gave you the full answer, but I said I'd mentioned uh, he had Two follow-ups on the Birch Terror, which always generates a lot of interest. Again, whatever we mention is a possible kulo when you can't do it in a cure of context. Quite often, can't do it the first day you walk in, but you have a relationship already. It's very doable. It doesn't take very long. Birch Terror, mind you, is one of the few brachas that are deraisa according to Hefter and Birch Muslims deraisa according to Obrishan of Yehekadeh Svia. If you didn't, that's a further machleg, as we generally assume it's not the race then. But the chashivas of the bracha for siyat tashmaya learning, and you look at the content of the bracha, it's not a regular shekisham, zovetzivanu, al inyane talmatera, or lumatera, or something like that. It's a whole long paragraph, because it talks about all the benefits and the centrality of it, and the fact that you have to ask for cheshek, and... And the Lasuk, and it should be Harevna. You don't say Harevna before you shake Lulav. Do you ever notice that? You don't say Brocha Harevna, the Lulav should be. I mean, it's a time of Simcha. But learning needs that. So it's very, very important when it can be put in to put it in. With that said, the two Kulas that I mentioned, uh, one's from Abba Yoshev, the first one I mentioned last night, that it's not an Isser to learn without the Brocha. It's just a Bittal Mitzvah Zaseh, the Dereza Durabonon. I'm not saying the bracha, which is very serious. So Naftali wanted to know, Salamaisa, is that lift or just not a good idea? 
And it's an important uh, question, so I want to go back to it for a moment, because this comes up in a lot of different areas. Is it lifnevelis temishal if you stop somebody from doing a mitzvah It's certainly horrible advice and a horrible thing to do for somebody, to, to somebody, and a missed opportunity, and all those things. Not good for anybody's ruchnius. Is it lifnever? So many, if not most, achronim hold that if you stop the guy from doing a mitzvah it's not lifneiver because lifneiver is a michshol and he's not doing an iser, he's just missing the opportunity. It's definitely a michshol in the general sense, but it's not technical lifneiver. The raya, I think, Avi, you, there you are, uh, you mentioned about the bracha, so was that uh, you talking about the iser? Both of you, somebody from this world. If I give food without a bracha, Pes can bring this down to Fairish. The Mishabur passes like it. That is Lifneiver to give food, not going to make a bracha, barring the other term we have for the general cure, for the net gain. So, is that a raya? He's not making a bracha. A bracha is a mitzvah durabana. So, you see, a bittel on a mitzvah is Lifneiver. The answer is not a raya at all, because there's a mitzvah durabana to make a bracha, and there's an isa durabana to eat without making a bracha. That's what Rabbi Yeshua is pointing out over here. There's no iser to learn with that it's just a bitl mitzvah sase or mitzvah sase everybody follows that's a very important chilik uh, one of the rayas they bring some acharnam say if you uh, give him food not only does he steal the food when he's not making a bracha and it's a missed opportunity on a mitzvah if he's eating bread and he doesn't bench that's lifnever so anybody who says that clearly holds that even on a bitl ase there's lifnever but it's a minority shita. Most don't hold like that. The one ride they bring, if you remember from about four months ago, remember the sugi and sukkah in the Udami Beis? Or if Nachman had a shita that the nice sukkah could be further down than four and it's still not a chatzitza. It's not a different oil. And he had Rabba by his sukkah. And he put him in the sukkah. And... All his sukkahs were set up like he designed them and he passed and it's okay, but it wasn't okay going to Rabba. And the Ritva there, if you recall, says to Mahalchim, how can he do that? According to Rabba, he knew that Rabba held the results. So Taka asked in the morning, were you, uh, you know, but the Chazir, they're not, but why do you do Lechatchilu? So either it's a Raya that if you hold this mutter, you can give to somebody who holds the Asr, that whole sugi of the Mater to the Asr, the Asr to the Mater. Or the Ritva concludes it's not a Raya at all because that you can see, just look up and you'd be able to see it. So he figured if they had an issue, they would come and say something before they go and sit down and go to sleep, something before they make a bracha. And that's why the next morning, Taka wanted to know, did they change their shita? So this whole Havamin in the Ritva that is Lifneiver, and the answer is that it's not, either because Zamater can give to an Iser or because they can check it out themselves. So what's the Havamin? They're talking about a Bittel Asseh of Sukkah. Why is that Lifneiver? Let's take Michel if there's no Lifneiver by an Asseh. The answer is Brachal Botola. That's an Iser. So very nice if they're going in and not getting this Sukkah, then you'd have a Raya to our Shiloh. But if they're making Brachal Botola also, that's going to be an issue, and that's classic Lifneiver. So that's one of the many, many rayas. And again, there are some that are to hold that it does apply. It's a horrible thing to do to stop somebody from doing a mitzvah zaseh. But is it termed a michshul if it's not a lesaseh? That's the din over here. And Bayashus assumes that it's not. And he also assumes that there's no iser to learn Torah 
without the bracha is just a bitalase, unlike food where they actually slapped on it, so like you're stealing food from HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyachol. And Abedashu says, they didn't say that by Torah, you're not stealing Torah. It's not considered like you're stealing Torah. That's important to speak out. That's why I'm take a few minutes to review it. This is a great example. We're, we're forever, hopefully, trying to fine-tune what the Taich in Lifnei Lesite Michshel and the two difficult things in the Sugya. How do you define an Iver and how do you define a Michshel? Aside from that, everything is easy. So, nah, they were, well, when he asked them, did you change the sheet? They said, no, we're Holchei Drochem and we came to see the Reish Kalusa and we're, we're Potem and a Mitzvah, we're Isaac a Mitzvah, Holoch Bnei Rabbi, and so they had many other excuses, but he wondered, almost like he set up the test. So the says, he's allowed to do that al even though there's a potential mikshul, either because he's a mater and he holds it's okay, or she tells it's okay, or because let them look up and register a complaint for a switch in, in venues if they want to, and neither of which they ended up doing, and that's why he wanted to know why. But the Bokhavatal is the issue over there, not the Bittal Mitzasase necessarily. Yes? We bring in food every, every and some of them are not yet and many are, are not and it's not a care event in your facility it's a right yeah it's a, for the conference or a daily basis no, daily basis I mean, stop to be nice chesed no so that people show up it's that bad out there I mean nobody wants to go to work so you're going to have to bribe them with danishes you don't serve lunch no one's coming that's the way it works Okay, so you have this on a daily basis? Okay, so you're going to have to, uh, I don't think you were here in that uh, tkufa, I'll, I'll speak to you privately, but that's a more serious child than the Kirov child. The coolers are, for Kirov, um, there are other coolers as well for medical facilities, but uh, it's not as, no, uh, cool will be a mummer, there's, uh, by title you could probably find it, it's uh, a month or two back. So, Lamaisa, this is the assumption of Abiyashiv that it's not an actual uh, iser, unlike brochas, which are an iser to eat the food besides a mitzvah. And the second head, as you mentioned, is doesn't have in mind the shame mitzvah, so maybe there's no chiyah brochah, he's not learning as a chesed So it's a fascinating example. Let's now go back to the shayla we raised. To refresh your memory, we were, we didn't even read it inside yet, but the Mesisa Sharm stated very clearly, this probably read inside, you have to give an Eitzah Teva. If you don't think it through, or you're not capable of giving an Eitzah Teva, because you're not familiar with what he's asking about, or you give an Eitzah Teva, but it's not the best Eitzah you can give him, you are over this, the race of Lifni Eva Mitchell. And what we read thus far, where we stopped, is that many people are Nichshel in this Yom Yom, because they're running after Chemdas Habetza, which means money. And hence, <laughs> the issue that thrusts us into a shailish come up every day in every industry, in every shop, in every store, in every um, acquisition, potential acquisition, brokers, and the like. And the way we framed it last night, this is one of many different ways, is as follows. A fellow walks in, he was buying an oven last night, Correct? And he walks in, nice retail operation from guys. So Wuven walks in, asks Shimon, I need an oven. Says, How many kids do you have? Let's put it down to size. Um, eight. And he says, You need the bigger one, but it's really a great model. And he means it, and it is, and he's an honest guy. 
and he's showing him all the bells and whistles and the Shabbos Yantif issues and the like. And Ruvain's actually pretty excited. He's about to close the deal, and he says, "Okay, I just have one more question, and that is, can I get this cheaper anywhere else?" So, Iron, you are all up in arms about the chutzpah of the question, and you're not wrong. But there's the basic aside over here, which I'm going to throw out now, and we're going to be trying to apply it or debate it. I didn't see anybody who befairish says this. We're dealing with a possible list of over here, so. It's a bit of a chiddish, but it's push it because otherwise no one's doing this right, which is impossible. And the short answer is that if a person asks you something in any area of life, and it's the type of question that he really has no right to ask, that's beyond chutzpah. That's, it's out of bounds. It's not information he's entitled to. You're not mechuyiv. Don't quote this out of context. It's being recorded, so we'll can always refer back to it. Rule number one is you should never lie if you don't have to, and try to talk like many politicians would say a lot and don't answer the question. That's important over here. To say a direct lie, like M. Kippur, kalakal chila, you don't eat more chazah than you have to, Rahman Aslan, you don't need more in your kip than you have to. Same thing over here. The guy asks you basically a question that's out of bounds. So you're not mechuyuv. The aside over here is you're not mechuyuv to answer that question. I'm adding before we discuss what the possibilities are that it's clear that you shouldn't be lying at all and even when you have to, you shouldn't be lying more than necessary. And the classic example, Yaakov Vino had every right to defend his interests and was told by his mother and Esau was the Ghana because he already sold the Bukhara and he wasn't entitled to this bracha. And the bracha never would have been offered to him in the first place had Yaakov Vino known the full extent of his riches. And therefore, he doesn't deserve the bracha and he's going to steal it. You've got to stop him. So when you do that, you have to go in and that's what the first time say. He was telling an untruth when you masquerade as Esau and put on... Um, I don't know where you buy those things. We didn't buy them, but she had them. But you gotta have X amount of hair in your arms, and you gotta disguise your voice. And he didn't even do a great job because the first red flag was, uh, as Rashi tells us, it doesn't sound like Asa, uh, Hashem, Hashem, Shagur, Bepiv, everybody asks. Uh, he thought Esav was a sadi. He said, yeah, Esav goes to unclean places. He's hunting this. He doesn't have Shem, Hashem. But there was already a almost a slip-up because Yaakov Inu Beteva was not good at this, and that was his Nisayan, that you have to apply every mid of Emes way it's supposed to be applied. And Rabbi Yaakov, speaking of Tita Emes, Yaakov said, this is Emes. Emes means Ratzon Hashem, Sheker is not Ratzon Hashem. Even with all those Hatarim, and this is Glot, which so gave five different reasons why you had to do this, he still said, Anachi, pause, colon, semicolon, dash, whatever you want to put in, indent, paragraph, Becharech Esav. Is that Sheker? If you have no reason to do that, that's Sheker. Sheker is misleading somebody into thinking you're somebody else. Was it Mutter over here? It was a Chiv. It wasn't only Mutter. Every right. But you see, even when you have an absolute Heter slash Chiv, punctuated, you should still not say straight out lie if you can avoid it. So, applying all that to our case, you don't want to start up with a guy and start a fight. You also don't want to lose a customer. And you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Aaron's yeah, about to say, "Yeah, you chutzpanyaka." So yeah, I understand. So, but you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. You're allowed to lie for Dake Sholem. But the Gemara we quote often. Rav told his son, 
when he started getting the menu right and the Rebetzin started serving, he said, that's a smart move, very, very good, just don't do it. Because if you have to do it, breakfast, lunch, and supper, you can't constantly lie with all the hetam of the world. So he told him, it's okay, milk explains, just, you don't have to do it anymore, thank you very much. So you don't want to get into a fight, as Dr. Shalom, you don't want to make him feel uncomfortable, even though his question was out of bounds. I'll, you know, I'll contrast it with your reaction in a minute, which is understood, but, and understandable. Well, let's just see, I'm trying to get the positive of what he should do. And you don't want to give an outright lie if you can avoid it. So, he wants to know, uh, it's a great oven, I'm ready to buy it. Can I get it cheaper anywhere else? You know there are six places, and you could, if you wanted, write down the address and the name of each one. This guy is $90 cheap, is this guy $150? There's no one over here, he's at the top of the market, but he's not above the market. Or he's not a sixth above the market. What should he do? The answer is, well, that just furthers the question. What he's really doing is saying, I'm here, I want to buy an oven, but I don't really want to spend three hours searching everywhere, so I want you to do the work for me, and then I want to go over there, which adds to the chutzpah, no doubt. No. <laughs> You're ready to give him tochacha. If he hears this year, he'll know not to ask it again. What do you do now? He asked it. So you tell him, the service here is great, our prices are great, Second to none in terms of the product you're getting. I explained the whole thing to you. You interested or not? Now, if he's smart, he'll realize you didn't answer the question. So he'll say, okay, I got that. Great, I really appreciate the time. Can I get this cheaper anywhere else? Now, somebody asked me after we concluded without answering this last night, is it mutter to go in and touch the oven, talk about it, and then go order it online? Absolutely not. The Gemara has very, very harsh things to say about a guy who even walks into a store and gets the guy's hopes up, let alone waste his time (laughs) explaining for an hour, and then either going ordering online or going down the block where he found out it's $100 cheaper. So that's really us, sir. He's not doing that yet. He just wants to know. He'd be fine buying it over here. He's not doing this. It's not... An intent of his to walk in, waste his time, buy somewhere else. He, when you walk into a store, you talk to the salesman. Either he convinces you this is the best product since sliced bread, or he won't. So he's doing a pretty good job. So far, I like the oven. I like the service. You're a friendly guy. I just want to know, is this the best I could do? Classic Bakushus Eitza. Classic Lifneiver territory. Can you tell him, yes, yeah, the best you could do? But it's not true. That's a problem. That's why we're raising this. The answer is, that last question he had no right to ask. And therefore, you have no chiv to answer. Not mitam sheker, and not mitam lufneiver, and there's no geneiver or no, because your price is within range, and it could be your customer service is better, and that justifies the price. But you don't have to justify the price. You're allowed to have larger margins. That's why there's a range. So the short answer is that you don't have to answer the question, and you can continue being vague. And if he asks you again, you answer the question again, the way you did the first time, these prices are great, product is great, customer service second to none. If after three or four times he doesn't hop, that you're not interested in discussing with him your margins because it's none of your business. And it's getting too frustrating to so tell him, sir, I have other customers waiting. You want it or not? You've got three minutes to decide. And that's the simple answer is that if the question is out of bounds, there can't be a lift-neiver or a shaker issue with answering the question in a vague way. Again, try not to overtly lie. Uh, I'll give you another example. Somebody mentioned to me, a guy came, 
it was um, leasing a spot in a commercial space. Again, Reuven is Shimon, so Reuven walks in. Nice place you got here. He says, yeah. Then he starts talking to him about what, how to set it up and some sheetrock, and uh, that's a lease. And then he starts handling with the price. Fine. Nothing wrong with that. Reuven Shimon, can you do any better? Handle a little bit. That's the best I can do. So then he asked him, how much did you pay for this place? How much did you buy it for? You're already going to shoot this guy. <laughs> these are real cases. I don't make any of these up. I get these all the time. They're great for the sheer and great for trying to um, see how patient people can get. So why is he asking that? It's not stop being nosy. He wants to know, well, would you pay $10 million and this would charge for the rent? Those margins are much too healthy. You've got to give me a break. Because he wants to know your margins. He can argue and say, you don't need such healthy margins. So he's going to decide what his margins can be. There is no such thing. So you can say, it's a great price. And uh, you can say, I don't really feel I should be telling you a point blank question. What would you pay for this? He'll do the math in his head. You're not mochiv to answer, I think. Now, would the Chafas Chaim answer the question? Would the Chafas Chaim take out the pen and list six addresses we get the oven cheaper? Probably. But that's why the Chafas Chaim closed his store, because he was making too much money and taking away business from other people. But most people aren't the Chafas Chaim. What? The price for the building could be a matter of public record. Build so right there, he's asking to save him time. He'd like to do more due diligence. So just that, you know, it's yeah. easier to ask you. But it is a chutzpah, but it's more than that. The question's out of bounds. That's, that's what I'm trying to... This is a question out of bounds, and therefore they can't have Liv Nivir. Now, Lamaisa, I didn't give the guy the best advice. First of all, I don't even know that, because it could be my customer service is better. Ryan Dovers, I'm putting up with this Nudnik, who keeps asking me, can I get it somewhere else? So obviously my customer service is better. I'm not mechuyiv to keep up on their prices, and even if I happen to know them, you could say something which is not complete MS if you're pressed to, like, I'm, I don't track everybody's prices, and you don't, because their prices could have changed, and the prices could change for a particular customer. It's, it's, I don't know what everybody else charges, I just know it's a great product, great service here, and good price, you want it or not. That's what you're to do. That's a chiddush in this ugya. He asks you point blank for advice, what's the best oven I can get for my money and can I get it cheaper and you didn't answer the question why does the that's the Kiddush <laughs> that's what you pointed out in the Sugit why, why doesn't the Chacha apply I don't know if you, I, joking, I, that's I why I said that. if you're allowed to say uh, uh, a slight uh, variation of the truth for Dr. Shalom you don't have to scream at the guy names, I, said, I understand why you're asking the question you obviously never oh. sold ovens if you start giving to Chacha you will lose this customer and then he'll tell all the other potential customers don't go there because you got a whole Musa Shmuz but he's still not going to give you the right price so it's not, it's not practical. You're not over there. Let me help you understand. Let me help you understand. Help me understand. You spoke for these three hours, and you're asking this question. That's a lot of music. I happen to think the question, by the way, is aggressive. You could call husband dick. There's nothing usser about him asking that question. The whole is. It's not usser. You spent three hours in there, and you're asking this question. No, he just wants to know. He sent three hours. He'd love to give you the business. He just wants to know. Is there any place I can get it cheaper? And if you say yes, there's a place an hour drive away, and it's $40... Cheaper, the guy probably would say, that's two hours of driving, gasoline now is through the roof, I'll stay here. There's a good chance he'll stay here. He just wants to know that there's not a huge difference. So he's not wasting it, that's what I'm saying. If a guy walks in just to see the thing and order somewhere else, that's an envelope, that's usser. Here, he's trying to make sale. I know a retailer, by the way, says appliances. He said, if anybody ever asks you, you tell them that I'm Michael, 
Adarabo, let them come in. I said, why are you mechad? They're going to drag around there. He says, I'm going to run my business. Get them in the door. And I will try to convince them that it's better to buy here than to buy online. But you don't know what you get. And the truth is, that people still in business. There must be some seichel to that. So if he's meichel, but you can't assume he's meichel. Just he says, let me get a crack at them. If they don't walk in, I don't get a crack at them. That's fine. But that, that's all the other din. So they don't have to give him a listen. Yes? Can you be magazine like say, yeah, you can get it for a few dollars cheaper here. Like, a few I wouldn't even go there. That's why I gave the whole Adama with the lying. Don't put yourself, you could say the same thing in a very vague way. And I'll give you another example. These are all real examples. A guy told me, and he used to have these issues uh, with interviews. He's uh, very high up in a publicly traded company. And there's a uh, dark time in the company, which is like 90% of the time, where you can't say anything because all you have is analysts who are always trying to get information. That's how analysts operate. And it's not a time on them. It's not, not doing something us or it's not illegal. They're trying to get one up on the information so they could project stock growth. Or they could say it's going to miss earnings. It's going to beat earnings. There are people making millions of dollars doing these things. And the good analysts are very aggressive. So every time you speak to them... They're going to be trying to get information that they're really not entitled to, but they're going to try to get it anyway, because it's not us or illegal. And the executives go through very rigorous training to deal with interviews, just like the President of the United States does. And they have, he said, I went through training. He told me it's hours and hours. We had real time where it was on. I had somebody sitting over there, and they were asking me very difficult questions and trying to get me off a tumult. So I say something. And it's amazing how scientific it is. It's a great example. Most of the people here wouldn't have to be concerned with this, but it's a great example where somebody could be asking for something he's really not entitled to, but he's not doing something wrong. And sometimes it works. I said, why do you give these, time, these guys the time of day? He said, you have to be nice to them. They're the ones giving you the ratings and the buy or sell or hold. It's a very sensitive arena. A lot of players, and in politics... They have press conferences in the White House, and hopefully a good president is trained to say absolutely nothing in many, many words. And a good reporter will be very aggressive and try to pin them down on something. Sometimes this successful, often they get into a fight, and sometimes the guy behind the podium, president, will just call on somebody else after a few times. So that's not a tie on the person who's trying to do his job as the reporter or the analyst is really a reporter. Uh, with his interpretations of what the stock is doing. So typical thing, the, the dark area is basically all the time except for two weeks after earnings, which is every quarter. So you can't say anything, and you have to know, and you have to be trained that you can't say anything, not a rem is, a key is that. And they're only interested in getting information. So they come and they say, so how's the quarter going? It's already four weeks into the quarter. You can't even say, oh, it's going great because then they're going to issue a buy and they're going to say, we understand it's going to beat earnings. And then when it doesn't, uh, the stock's going to get killed. <laughs> there's a lot, there's millions and millions of dollars at stake. So you can't even say it's going well. So I, so I asked him, what do you say? He says, it's not going well. I said, oh, no, no, no. You say it's not going well. That's, <laughs> they're going to start downgrading. So what can you say? So well, I can smile. And usually after I smile, I say, we're going to have the earnings call at the end of the quarter, the end of the next quarter, and um, no, nothing changed since the last earnings call. And this is a game. 
It's a game in publicly traded companies. It's a game in politics. It's a game in international politics. It's a game uh, which sometimes ends up with um, wars and sanctions and all sorts of things. Everybody wants to find out what the other guy's thinking. So if uh, it's the same thing, if a guy's asking a shayla, he has <laughs> no right to ask. We're asking for information. It's not always us or if he's asking it, but it doesn't mean you're mechuyiv to let on. And uh, I asked this particular... Um, I was doing an interview to, of him of what the possibilities are. I said, give me something parv, the positive you could say. Can't say the quarter's going well. You can't say it's not going well. What can you say? He says, how's it going? How are the projections going? So he said, we can say we really, the team really feels good about it. Let's think about that one. That's, so what does that mean? doesn't mean it's going well or not, but we're, we feel good about it, which means we learn Sharabi talking in the morning, and even if it's going lousy, but we feel good about the projections. Or it means we feel good about it, because it's taka even better than it was. But you can't answer the question. And you're not going to answer the question. So that is the aside of the answer, and now we're going to go to... Call the Messias the Charm in front of you. Oh, it's 929 already. Okay, let's just read a couple of lines. And... We'll go over the three choices he has when the fellow is asking about something that could hurt him, like the restaurants and the competition. Uh, first word line is the Dvarm Chav Zayin, Arur Mashke Iver Baderach. Have you seen that? Razbar Gilda Einsha, because of Arur Mashke Iver Baderach, Azaisi Chavis Adam Ayasha, Keshayova Ishlis Yazba Yatseo Eitsa Sheyanetul Asma Mamish. The best Eitsa, the thing you would tell your brother, your father, yourself. And if you are concerned about a possible damage, he says, I, you're a veteran in the industry, I want to open up a pizza place. Can you tell me the best way to open up the pizza place, including recipes and how to sell the pizza to the customers and get them all excited? And you're very not excited about him opening up a pizza place over here. So what are your choices? So as we discussed outside last night, which means you could tell him clearly why you're not happy about the idea, and you could still give him some advice and tell him to open up in a different city. If not, just tell him you don't give a dover and don't answer the question. What you cannot do is give him seven reasons why pizza is not in vogue and it's not a moneymaker and tell him all sorts of lush and horror about the aggravation. All of what might be true, but if you can still make money in long term, happens to be a recession on pizza, but long term you can make money. So you're not giving him a good answer. You're just trying to talk him out of it. That's usr. Imloi... Now, the, the exception over here will be, besides the exception we spoke about tonight, that you're not mechui, you have to answer the question. And in the examples we gave, you don't. So there are many examples of this, but if the guy's up to no good, like our case where he asks, how much did you pay for this building, and why is the lease so high, and where can I get addresses of cheaper ovens? That's not nice. Not usher, but it's not nice. He's been scavenging the raw. He wants to know your margins. It's none of his business. 
So then there's a mitzvah of which means not to answer the question. Fascinating. He ends off all the cases in the Tanakh. He says, a great example is Chushay Ha'arki. If people in Avishir might remember what he did, what he was sent for, Mitzvah we will discuss that tomorrow night. In the meantime, don't run away with any term about lying. You don't have to lie or stretch the truth. You don't have to. Being vague is just letting him know that I feel the question is out of bounds and I'm not going to answer it no matter how many times you ask. That's the insight over here.